Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Joining me here this evening for Crossover Wednesdays, Aaron Freeman, host of the Locked On Falcons. Hey, Jeff, how's it going? And how's it going to all your Locked On Browns listeners? Uh, we're doing good. Uh, you know, uh, the fact that we're seeing the Atlanta Falcons starting to right the ship here, uh, we're you know we're not thrilled. Uh, we were hoping maybe they could come in just as uh, you know messes maybe the last couple of weeks have been for us. Um, but uh, the team here, just get into it a little bit, Aaron. Obviously, you know, uh, you know, because we had just mentioned here, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, you were on lockdown NFL with Matt Williamson this week. The team's starting to right the ship here with the uh, even with the injuries. You got some key guys stepping up here. So uh, I, I believe it's what three in a row now. The team's up to four and four. So tell us a little bit. Well, you know how the team's been looking the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean they they started to play much better defense. They were for a while there one of the absolute worst defenses ever. Um, at least on pace to be one of the worst defense ever in terms of how many points they were giving up uh, early in the season. And the defense has started to step things up, and that's a good sign. They got Deion Jones coming back next week, I believe, and so the, he's basically been built up to be the savior. The offense has been clicking for the most part. This season, they had two sort of struggles against Philadelphia and Pittsburgh on the road. And so it was a big question against a a tough Washington defense on the road, whether or not this offense is just a different animal at home versus on the road. And they answered a lot of those questions this past week uh, by putting 38 points on the Redskins. And the expectation now is that they, you know, they, if they can do that against the Redskins, they should be able to do that against the Browns this week. Yeah, um, you know, it, it's early to tell, but, uh, you know, and everybody, you know, wanted, wanted to credit Kansas City, um, but the <laughs> it got so bad on Sunday. The Browns were down to their fourth, fifth, and sixth cornerbacks. They were down to their third, fourth, and fifth linebackers. They were out, they were without their free safety. Um, so, I mean, I think they held up pretty well. I mean, if you had said, hey, the Browns are going to lose to the Chiefs by two touchdowns, even under the most normal of circumstances... I would have said, yeah, seems about right. Kansas City's pretty freaking good. Um, so I think they held pretty well. Uh, the offense, it was interesting to see. It was nice to see because it seemed like everybody was on the same page. And this had been, through the first eight games, this had been the issue. Obviously, you had an offensive coordinator who was looking out for himself. You had a, a head coach who basically had no pull whatsoever with anything that was going on. He was basically just a figurehead and held the title of head coach. But, you know, as far as being a head coach, those duties had been relieved from him a long, long time ago. So uh, it's interesting. I love the way that they played offensively. They played extremely aggressive. Any fourth down that was inside the opponent's territory, they went for. They did not even bother kicking an extra point. They went for two on all three touchdowns. Just fun to see and different. I, I think they're starting to get the fact that it's, you know, it's, it's about getting the most reps, the most experience they can get under their belts this year. Contending in 2019 is kind of out of the way. It's just about you know this great young nucleus of players that's 25 and younger getting them every you know solid rep possible. So when it comes down to these you know games that you know they're on the line and they'll be ready for it you know because they've been tested. Uh, I do want to get here to the Falcons offense. Um, and first I want to get to uh, you know Calvin Ridley. Uh, I think he's really come in here. And it's funny because Julio Jones finally got in the end zone, so I'm glad you're done probably having to talk about that. That's had a bit of pain in the butt. But uh, Calvin Ridley, he's come in here and, you know, look, Mohamed Sanu, I'm a Jersey guy. You know, I go to a lot of Rutgers. I I think his game is a little bit, you know, he got paid more than the player he is. But you bring in a Calvin Ridley here now, and and Calvin is just a guy who can find open space. He runs routes well, and it seems like he's really, really been coming on here for this team. 
Absolutely. Um, you know, Sanu is the number two receiver in terms of playing time, but Ridley's really the number two in terms of how he's used and, and the offense sort of, you know, when it's not uh, so geared to Julio Jones, it's really sort of running through Ridley. I, I posted a stat earlier this week um, with sort of Ridley's numbers on third downs. He's been, you know, I think it's uh, Matt Ryan's completion percentage when he targets Ridley on third down is like over 90 percent, uh, over 80 percent of those result in first downs. Um, you know, accelerating, I think, when targeting Ridley on those third down situations is like 155 and like a what a perfect passer rating is like 158 or something like that. So basically, Ridley has been a, a major, major upgrade for the Falcons opposite Julio Jones. And I think it's been a big reason why this passing game has sort of surged forward. Uh, in the second year under Steve Sarkeesian, he was he's definitely able to make better usage of Calvin Ridley this season than he was Taylor Gabriel, who in the previous year under Kyle Shanahan was sort of often that sort of versatile uh, dynamic weapon uh, besides Julio Jones in the offense. And that was really missing last season. And now they have it back with Ridley. Yeah, and I think one thing that, you know, and I saw a lot of people, and actually I, I think it was Ben Albright who said that, believe it or not, you know, S- Steve Sarkeesian, if teams can get past his past and, and believe that he's, you know, put all that stuff behind him, may actually get himself to the point where, you know, some head coaching interviews, at least sit-downs, are going to come his way. Um, but with the game on Sunday, with, you know, hanging 38, uh, I know one of the qualms about the Falcons and what a lot of people always have to say is, you know, can they take the show on the road? Um, obviously, you know, you get to play Saints, so there's nine dome games a year. Uh, you get to play in the nice weather in Tampa and usually nice weather in Carolina. But you went to Washington and you were able to hang the 38. Um, the running game, has it been able to complement Matt, Matt Ryan and the, uh, obviously, you know, the, the, the bevy of weapons that he's got? Well, yeah, uh, this past week against Washington was really the first time since week two when they faced off against the Carolina Panthers where their running game has been, over, uh, for the most part, effective. And it was very effective with the combination of Tevin Coleman and Edo Smith. Obviously, for you know Browns fans who haven't been paying attention or don't have him on their fantasy team, uh, Devontae Freeman has missed most of this season and is currently on IR. He's potential that he could come back in like week 16 or something like that, but it's you know that's an open question at this point um but they have missed him in terms of having that sort of consistent ground attack um against washington they were able to get some explosive plays from tevin coleman which is where he's at his best as that sort of home run threat uh rather than necessarily being that sort of reliable down in and down out um feature guy uh, Edo smith is a, becoming a little bit more of that and so if they can get some balance in this offense, this offense is really hard to defend uh, in the passing game because of the bevy of weapons. But if they can run the football um, as effectively as they have in the past when Freeman has been healthy, in addition to all the weapons they have in the passing game, it really does become a nigh-unstoppable type of offense in terms of when they get going. It's going to be really hard for even the best defenses to really slow them down. Yeah, and for my Browns listeners, um, if you're going to think of Tevin Coleman, don't think of him as a traditional running back. Um, he, he, it's a guy I kind of compares somewhat to Duke Johnson. He gives you a solid effort in the passing game. Obviously, you know you can count on him for 10 to 12 rushes a game if you want to, but definitely brings from the diversity of the position and succeeds well with that. For us, the interesting part is going to be, uh, look, Denzel Ward left early on Sunday, banged up with a little bit of a hip. Uh, I've spoken to his agent. His agent thinks everything's going to be ready. He's going to be able to go this week. And Denzel Ward, number four overall pick. And this has been the thing. You know, he's in a division now where it's Antonio Brown. Haven't played the Bengals yet, but A.J. Green, whether or not we're going to see him with the injuries. Uh, he's played Michael Thomas. 
Michael, Mike Evans. Uh, now Julio Jones comes to town. And uh, for the most part, the rookie has really, really held up well. And this is almost, I mean, you know, the baptismal by fire that he's going through with week in, week out. You're seeing you know, fantasy wide receiver ones. And he's been holding up. And, and knowing him and the way he is, I know he's chopping at the bit. Because he's mentioned Julio Jones before, and when he kind of realized the Falcons won the schedule, you know, kind of admires the game, admires the players, so it's going to be interesting that way. Uh, the defensive line has been the key. Um, the key, though, is is that if the Browns cannot control the ball offensively and control the clock, Greg Williams has not been kind enough to give these guys enough reps. So as good as they are, whether it is, you know, Miles Garrett, Lurie Ogunjobi, Emmanuel Ogba, Gennard Avery plays a pass rushing position, these guys are kind of getting gassed out because Greg has too, has so much faith in him, he doesn't really have much faith in anybody else. So these guys are playing and maybe seeing 7 to 10 you know, blows a game at best. But how's the offensive line? Look, Miles Garrett is on a sack-a-game pace right now. Uh, you know, he blows things up. Had five pressures again this last Sunday. You know, how's the left tackle position been looking? Uh, and Miles will duck in sometimes and run from a you know, D-tackle spot. So how's the offensive line been looking pass pro-wise? Well, it hasn't been good throughout the season. Uh, this past Sunday against the Redskins, going up against a, a formidable Redskins front with some of their pass rushers, the expectation for me and, and for those people that listened to my show last week was that it wasn't going to look good based off of how the Falcons' offensive line has played throughout the season. But coming out of the bye week, it seemed like they got a little bit of a fire lit under them, and they, for the most part, held up really well. Uh, against the Redskins pass rush so they're going to have to do that again I think against this Browns rush because as you say guys like Miles Gary guys like Larry Ogunjobi uh, can get after the quarterback Jake Matthews who is the Falcons left tackle is having his best season has been far and away the Falcons best pass protector but a player like Miles Garrett who can combine that sort of speed and also that power is traditionally the type of pass rusher that gives tends to give him a little bit more problems. The Falcons have two new starters on the interior uh, with Wes Schweitzer and Bing Garland. They both have played they played well this past Sunday. Um, Schweitzer has been up and down throughout his career. Garland is a quality backup, but in his brief instances, being a starter as a guard has not necessarily lived up to expectations. But the past two games, uh, him coming in halfway through that Giants game. Uh, in week seven, and then this past week, he has looked pretty good. So uh, if 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 the Browns are maybe are looking for a way to exploit uh, Garrett in some favorable matchups, I do think kicking him inside against uh, those two guards would be uh, an opportunity where he can fully take advantage. Yeah, and there's a good chance you're going to see that probably about you know I, you know usually I would say like three to five at least in the pass rushing opportunities they like to do that because for Miles if it if it's one move and home it's all the more better. Uh, guys, um, you know, for Aaron, for me, guys like ourselves, um, you know, people come with a lot of questions and a lot of advice. Uh, look, guys, we can give you betting advice, but at the end of the day, it's you're the one who's making the bet. So <laughs> do with that what what you can. But what we can tell you is, if you were going, uh, who you're betting on is almost as who you're betting with is almost as important as who you're betting on. Obviously, guys, that's why we always recommend to you mybookie.com. Uh, they've been in the business for years, uh, have uh, great reviews online. Their mobile site is clean, simple, and easy to use. Uh, we would only recommend a service to our listeners that's been good to us. I don't place many bets. If I'm going to do it, though, I will use mybookie.com. Uh, you know, you win, they pay. It is that simple. Um, 
they have in-game, live betting, over-under on fantasy points, scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. MyBookie.com is currently slammed with new members, guys. Everybody kind of gets the itch, and it seems like the betting goes up once you get later in, and it's a little bit colder out, and there's not as much to do. So if you want to go ahead and register with MyBookie.com, if you do it after 7 p.m. Eastern and make it easier on them, they will give you a free $25 towards your account. Now, this goes with the same deal that MyBookie.com has always run. Your initial deposit, they will match 100%. So do that after 7 p.m. Eastern. If you give them 100 of your money, you they will give you 125 of theirs. You'll start with a balance of 225. Gives you a nice little thing that you know, nice little you know, bundle to get ahead and get started with your betting. Um, join now. Uh, you know, uh, obviously with this one, guys, it's a different lock. It's a different uh, promo code. Capital L, capital O, locked on 25. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E.com. And don't forget to use the promo code, capital L, capital O, locked on 25. MyBookie.com. You play, you win, you get paid. Now, we're going to switch things up. And, you know, like I had said about the Browns, D, right now going through a lot of defense, you know, a lot of injuries. Aaron, I know you don't want to hear it because you guys have been going through a lot yourselves. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, with the Falcons' defense uh, facing this Browns' offense, I think it's a favorable matchup for the Falcons in, in only the ways where you know the Browns have not really had a lot of success sustaining offense this year, uh, particularly like on third downs. I think they're you know towards the bottom of the league, and but they do have a lot of you know talented players. You know Nick Chubb, Duke Johnson, Jarvis Landry, etc. So it's not as if the Falcons can say, "Oh, look at this." you know, bottom-ranked offense, you know, our defense is going to do just fine. And what's going to be interesting is they're coming off a couple of solid games against Washington and the Giants where they've played their best that they've played since week one when they were fully healthy and have dealt with a lot of injuries since then. Uh, They've got Grady Jarrett back for that Giants game. I think that's been a big boost for their defensive line. Um, But it is one of those things where if they can't stop the run, and they have done that effectively the last two games, in particular against Saquon Barkley, against A. Peterson. Um, but I think this Browns team is going to be a team that, you know, the, their style and the way that they're going to try to win this game is run the football behind Nick Chubb, and keep this game low scoring, play good defense and whatnot. And if the Falcons let Nick Chubb and Duke Johnson, you know, go all over them and Jarvis Landry do his thing where he's just moving the chains and whatnot, you know, they could be in for a long day defensively and they'll have to find ways to uh, counteract that. Yeah, I mean, if the Falcons' offense is humming, which is normally to the tune of 30 points, I don't think the Browns' offense is ready for that. Uh, the surprise of last week actually was is that you know Desmond Harrison, uh, he was you know he he wasn't feeling well, had been sick over the weekend, so he did not play Sunday. Greg Robinson um, actually came in at left tackle, and Greg Robinson uh, carried a PFF pass blocking grade of over 80. Um, the run blocking is usually pretty solid. He had a couple of, a couple of gaffes there, which you know hurt his grade and overall performance. But we were, I mean, we were we came away pleasantly surprised that Greg Robinson had a solid effort. I wouldn't be surprised if he actually got the start again this week. I think he earned it with his play on Sunday. Uh, Desmond Harrison for the rookie right now, things are just kind of spiraling out of control as week in week out he starts to see elite, you know, more of the elite pass rushers. He's been struggling in that aspect. Um, with all the injuries that have you know been on the Falcons, D, uh, give us some guys who are, who have you know basically you know you know basically stepped up, or some guys who have stood out. Well, it's interesting because they lost uh, free safety Ricardo Allen in Week Three, um, and Demonte Casey, their second year, 
you know, converted cornerback is now playing free safety is t- currently tied for the NFL lead with four interceptions. He's gotten, I think he's gotten this interception every single game or at least four out of the last five games. Um, you know, and so, uh, he's been a guy that has stepped up in a major way is, is being much more of a playmaker than Allen, who's a, a steady, consistent sort of guy that, you know, won't make the mistakes, but isn't necessarily going to make the positive plays. Casey can be a little bit up and down, but he'll make you the positive plays like those turnovers, which is much needed for this defense as they were struggling for a long time to get stops. Uh, they've also had Foye Olakun, who has stepped up a rookie who they took out of the sixth round out of Yale uh, this past year and slowly has been integrated into the into the defense and has sort of slowly overtaken um 2017 third round pick Duke Riley, who's been up and down and struggled with missed tackles and blown assignments and coverage. And Ola Kuhn looks like he's going to lock down that uh, weak side linebacker spot. And then when Deion Jones hopefully comes back and, and mans the middle linebacker spot, you know, in a couple of weeks, uh, then they'll have the sort of their trio of linebackers with Jones and Ola Kuhn and uh, uh, Devondre Campbell. Um, and I loved, him. I loved him coming out of Minnesota. Campbell loved him. Okay. Um, and their other rookie, Deidre Sonata, third round pick this past year, has been a solid force uh, against the run in that nose tackle spot, and has slowly shown a little bit in flash here or there as a pass rusher. So you know he's becoming more integrated, and so there's they're seeing some steady progress from this rookie class. They had uh, their second round pick Isaiah Oliver make his starting debut this past week. Uh, and he had a pretty solid game, had a couple of pass breakups, did give up uh, a touchdown. You know, he's a little up and down. So if he has to start again in replacement for Robert Alford, who's dealing with an ankle injury, the Falcons feel reasonably comfortable that he'll be able to hold his own. Fortunately, he's not going to be facing a talented receiver like a Josh Gordon. You know, he's probably going to be facing Damian Ratley or Antonio Callaway, not necessarily to say that those guys are bad or anything like that, but just not necessarily the uh, – not expecting him to get absolutely destroyed and be completely out of his element going to get up against those two while Desmond Trufant um, is on the other side. So they have some young players, particularly this rookie class, who are slowly showing progress as the season wears on and hopefully can continue to do so as the Falcons try to make this playoff run. Yeah. Now, as far as, you know, one of the things here that's been a, well, I, I don't want to say it's a nice surprise because, you know, we have a lot of faith in him and the type of player he can be. Um, you know, uh, as far as handling tight ends, uh, David Najoku is, you know, ever since the switch to Baker has happened, David Najoku, except for the, you know, the uh, second game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, he's, he's shown up well week in, week out. He, I mean, he puts himself consistently into a, you know, basically a four to five reception guy anywhere between 45 to 60 yards week in, week out. How have the Falcons been handling tight ends? Uh, they've done a good job. Uh, normally, their main guy handling the tight ends is Keanu Neal, and he's been injured. He's out for the season with a torn ACL. He suffered in week one. Mm-hmm. And so it's been on your boy, Devontae Campbell, to sort of step up and, and sort of handle the primary responsibility. And he's done. He's played his best season um, so far in terms of coverage. He's had you know some issues in Tampa Bay against uh, the bigger tight ends like O.J. Howard. But for the most part, against guys like Zach Ertz, against guys like Jordan Reed, he's done a much better job than he traditionally has done. He typically does better against bigger tight ends than quicker tight ends. But this year it's been sort of the opposite where the quicker tight ends have not given the Falcons as much trouble as they usually do. Um, And it's more the guys that can simply just box out Devondre Campbell that can sort of win. But he's always in position. 
to make the play. He just, you know, gets boxed out sort of like a power forward or whatnot. So I, it'll be interesting to see Njoku in sort of that matchup because Njoku has the potential to sort of bring both elements to the table with his size and his athleticism. So I think this will be an interesting matchup. And maybe because Njoku has the potential to do both things, may have a little bit more success uh, against the Falcons defense in the tight end position than maybe some other better or more um, well-known tight ends have in recent weeks. Okay, that's good stuff to know. Um, guys, Matt Williamson, uh, he hosts the, uh, basically the Mothership, the Locked On NFL podcast. Uh, you know, covers everything. You know, Monday the shows are, you know, he'll have on a couple of hosts, you know, with teams who had the biggest wins. I know Aaron was one of the guys who joined him on Monday. Tuesday, uh, he has Sage Rosenfels, former NFL quarterback, with all the youth at the quarterback position in the NFL. He's a great guest to get on once a week. You know, gives you, you know, his thought process and what he's seeing. Wednesdays, you get Mike Renner from PFF. We, you know, each... You know, each one of our shows, we like to sit down with the PFF guys, get their thoughts, and we go through player grades. So you get Mike Renner with Matt Williamson on Wednesdays. Thursday, you get Mike Sando from ESPN. Friday, Matt sits down, gives you his NFL Pick'em show. You know, he'll pick every game on the slate. Uh, it's a good thing to go listen to, guys, and then go ahead and, like I said, use mybookie.com. You know, parlay two parts of Locked On together there, guys. Um, but Matt Williamson with the Locked On NFL Podcast, guys, does a fantastic job over there. Um some game thoughts and uh, predictions is where we're at here, Aaron. Um, biggest thing for me that I'm going to come away with is I want the momentum of the offense last week to keep going. Uh, Baker was 29-42, did throw an interception. It was a bad-looking ball. The Browns did not have a three-and-out the entire game, and that has not happened yet this season. Um, obviously now, uh, you know, with Freddie Kitchens calling plays, and the one thing they emphasized is is they tried to sit down with each positional group and say, all right, this is what we're going to try to do. We're going to try to do things that we feel you're all a little bit more comfortable with. We got to see 20-plus carries from Nick Chubb. We got to see Duke Johnson catch nine passes, one rush. I really don't care if Duke Johnson gets much carries. I'm confident with Nick Chubb doing that. But maybe ever, you're going to have to give Duke a couple to keep him honest. But Duke is solid in the receiving game. And him, uh, I think it was nine for almost 70, two touchdowns. It was a great effort from him. A, a guy who's been in, like, here's some of the Cleveland media. They wanted to blame it on Todd, Todd Haley. Uh, Duke Johnson wasn't getting enough balls the last two years. And Todd Haley wasn't here. So don't pick your stance, Cleveland media. Don't do that. Uh, David Njoku, just keep this fine season going along. Jarvis Landry, they're starting to do more with Jarvis Landry, what you saw in Miami. And this was one of my issues when they brought him here is everybody got so excited and you know, they kind of just looked at the stat lines and you know, and there were people trying to put him in the upper echelon with Julio, with Odell Beckham. And that's just not the guy Jarvis is. I mean, and you know, the Tampa game is a prime Jarvis Landry stat line. 10 for 85 and a touchdown. And that's fine. Just build around him. You know, right now you've got two rookies, Antonio Callaway and Damian Ratley, finding their way here. Callaway, things are starting to slow down a little bit for him. He just kind of looked like a guy in the field who was running 5 million miles an hour. And it was just, sometimes you got to learn to pace, you know, I mean, pace yourself to hit your open spot. And then that's when you turn on the juice. And you're starting to see a little bit more of that from Callaway. Ratley is a nice, big, six foot three guy. Um, Rashard Higgins got to play last week a little bit. He's been Baker's favorite wide receiver. When Baker's in a tough spot, that's the guy he looks for. We lost him for three weeks. Uh, Rashard came back last week, was kind of on a pitch count, and I don't think he's got all of his cutting ability back. Hopefully we get to see more of that this week. But Rashard Higgins and Baker Mayfield have developed a nice rapport. So offensively, I want to see that continue. Defensively, this is going to come down to who can play and who can't. 
Um, Demarius Randall has been fantastic as this team's free safety. But, you know, uh, he had been barely practicing as it was because he had a heel issue. Then he missed this past Sunday because he had a groin issue. So yeah, we need Demarius Randall there because he's taken over this free, this free safety position and just put it basically on lockdown. Jabril Peppers, Derek Kindred, nice nice young box safeties. They like to get their nose dirty. They're solid tacklers. You know, so continued effort from those guys there. The linebacking core, uh, we could be, uh, I mean, you could be talking Jamie Collins as your top linebacker. Uh, Jannard Avery, if you've got to play him full-time at linebacker, you lose a guy who helps you with nickel and dime as a pass rusher. Uh, the third linebacker could be Ray Ray Armstrong. It could be Tanner Vallejo. These guys are just, you know, career journeymen in the league. So, I mean, they could, they're going to be down some guys, but if the offense can kind of do their thing and maybe make it easier on them, they can hopefully keep this a game for 16 minutes. But I, 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 the most important thing for me right now and the most critical thing for this team is this offense can maintain what they did here, Alan, uh, Aaron. So tell me, you know, uh, as far as the, you know, the Falcons here, what needs to keep going here to get this from 4-4 four and four and hopefully get you guys to a 10-6 and six where you maybe, you know, you're looking at playoffs because you guys are in a really tough division. Yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna. This game is interesting because it, it has sort of some of the elements. You have a little bit of a trap game, where you, the Falcons are coming off a, a pretty impressive win on the road. Looking at this Browns team, like oh, they're the Browns. They're bad. They, you know, they're they can't play offense. Their defense is bad. All these sorts of things, and can sort of get a little bit complacent. And one of the interesting things that uh, I noted on Twitter last week. Uh, was that when you look at the Falcons under Dan Quinn, they typically, when they play on the road, it's pretty much you can you know if they're going to win the game by how they start. If they start fast and they score early in the game, then they typically are able to take care of business in, in their in their games. If they start slow and, and get off to this slow pace, as they did against Philadelphia, as they did against Pittsburgh, they tend to struggle in those games. And so, you know, one of the things that, they did last week against Washington. They got off to that fast start. They they scored on two of their th- first three possessions. You know they had 21 points by halftime. They could have had 28 if they hadn't turned the ball over on a busted miscommunication between Ryan and, and Calvin Ridley. Um, so it's one of those things that they can get off to a fast start. Then the Falcons should be able to take care of business because then that sort of forces the Browns to maybe not run the football as much with Nick Chubb, force Baker Mayfield to drop back 30, 40 plus times, which is probably not the best way to try to win games uh, currently with their sort of talent level. And then, you know, if they can continue to put points on this Browns defense, then I think they'll be able to roll in this one. But it's all about that first quarter. And basically, if the Browns can sort of keep it like a 3 nothing game or a 3-3 game through the first, you know, 15 to 20 minutes of this game, they'll have an opportunity potentially to win this game because the Falcons – you know, it's a you know people don't like hearing it, but they're kind of a front-running team, uh, particularly given this season, given all the injuries that they have on on defense, and this defense just hasn't shown a consistent level of being able to hold up when they need it to. They did a much better job against Washington, but the big question is is the last couple of games against Washington and the Giants is this a turning point for this Falcon team in this defense in particular, or is this just sort of a two-week blip where they actually look good and they'll just go back to being sort of uh, mediocre or bad. Um, so that's going to be the big question. Um, but I think if they wind up, you know, answering, checking all those boxes, answering all those questions that they have done the last two weeks, then they should have no problem rolling this one. I, if I was going to put a score prediction on it, I would say something like um, 31 to 17. 
Uh, I think I think we can do a little bo- little better point wise. Um, so for me, uh, the, but the question is going to be: is I am very very concerned about the availability and who they're going to have defensively. So if I'm going to put a score prediction to this, and I, I, I think this is going to continue, I don't think the Browns are going to kick much extra points. So I, I'm going to say maybe a, a, a 31, 34, 22, something of that nature. I think that the Browns can hang for most of the game where it's going to be respectable. But, you know, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Matt Ryan, I mean, there's just so much offensively that if the Browns are going to be down, and it looks like they're going to be down, you know, a, a pretty good amount of guys, it, it's it's just going to be too tall of a task for them to ask to run with this team for 60 minutes um, hey, who knows? Maybe the weather could get a little crazy. I mean, it is Cleveland, uh, a slick field, muddy field, whatever the case may be. Maybe things could get slowed down a little bit for them. Um, but for me, look, the offense, as long as they score in the 20s, I understand the issues that are going to be with the defense because, look, they're just going to be outmanned and just not to have enough guys. And, and it's tough, but it's just the way we're rolling right now. And, look, none of the injuries are season-ending or ACLs or where guys are, you know, looking at nine months of rehab. So, look, those injuries you just got to deal with. I mean, this is what happens in the NFL. But I would figure, you know, like I said, you know, 33, 34 to 22 to 25, something somewhere 8 to 10. I, I figure the Falcons should, you know, hopefully comfortably walk away with this one. But for me, it's about the offense keeping doing what it's doing. Um, guys, this has been your uh, crossover edition of Locked On Browns, Locked On Falcons. Uh, Aaron Freeman, guys, go ahead follow the show at Locked On Falcons. Follow him at uh, Aaron. I do believe it's uh, at Falk Fans, F A L C F A N S, right? You you nailed it, Jeff. There you All go. All right, there we go, uh, guys. Uh, always follow the Locked On Browns uh, Twitter account. We keep that follow up back. Um, go ahead, uh, follow me personally at Jeff underscore L J underscore Lloyd. Uh, guys, uh, for me, for Aaron, look, we appreciate everything you guys do. The downloads, the iTunes ratings, reviews, you know, the subscribers, recommending the shows to friends. It means a lot because uh, I, I put in a lot of work. I know the amount of work Aaron puts in. It, it's a lot of work for what we do. And, guys, we do enjoy it. But it's even more it's even more enjoyable when we know how much everybody appreciates it and how much everybody looks forward to when that phone when it pops up on their phone and says, "Oh, okay, I got 20 minutes," and plug in some earbuds and they get a listen in. Uh, so we thank you everybody for that. Um, and until we talk to the next time, everybody, uh, guys, it, it's been an absolute blast. Uh, I enjoy the game on Sunday, and uh, you know, check out for me and Aaron on Twitter on Sunday. Maybe we'll poke a little fun at each other. All right, everybody, have yourselves a great night.